Well, welcome to the Wit Wednesday Pod. My name is Heath Queen, and I'm from the Office of Career and Professional Development in the Compass Suite Success Center at Wittenberg University. We're so excited that you've chosen to tune in, and we hope that you will subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Pass this episode along with all of our previous episodes along to your friends and encourage them to listen. Today, we're having an exciting conversation on careers in leadership and public service. Let's hop on over and meet another excellent member of our alumni community as we join in this conversation together. Well, what's up, Tigers? Today, you had better have your seatbelts buckled because we have an exceptional guest with us uh, on the Wit Wednesday pod. We have Wittenberg alum, Barry Zuloff here. Uh, Dr. Barry Zuloff is excited to, to get to spend some time talking with us about careers in public service and what leadership means in those contexts. Dr. Zuloff is a 79 graduate of Wittenberg with a degree in history and political science. Uh, he also completed a master's degree in strategic intelligence at the Joint Military Intelligence College and has even earned a PhD from the University of, or Indiana University in Bloomington uh, in international relations. Dr. Zuloff is currently the Chief of Solutions for the U.S. Director of National Intelligence, where he has served in many leadership roles uh, for many years. And Dr. Zuloff regularly lectures at various universities in the Washington, D.C. area and is president of the International Association for Intelligence Education. So as you can probably tell, if there's anyone that's well-equipped to talk about careers in public service, uh, Dr. Zuloff Zuloff is the one to do it. So, uh, Dr. Zuloff, welcome to the pod. It's great to have you with us. Yeah, it's great to be here, Heath. Thanks for that. I mean, I can assure you when I was in college in the 1970s, we had no social media, no podcasts, nothing like that. <laughs> so uh, this is really, really great to be here. Um, I'm, I'm happy to be in a place where I can uh, give back a little bit to Wittenberg. Uh, I'm now going to be serving on the alumni board that uh, comes on uh, in this July. And for students that know about it, there's the data analytics program that's run out of the business school. Uh, I help there as well on the on the uh, advisory board. So it's great to hear and have a conversation with you, Heath. Yeah, it's it's great to have you. It's great to have you on and to be joining the alumni board. We look forward to to having you there. Uh, why don't you tell us a little bit about what you're up to these days? What's happening in your world? Um, what's what's been going on? Well, um, you, you pointed out, you know, I'm the chief of solutions for the director of national intelligence. That's a, that's a really cool title. Uh, among the things that I do is I'm what's called the analytic ombudsman for the intelligence community. What that means is if there are problems with objective analysis or uh, politicization, that is political leaders trying to bend analysis to suit their own personal preferences, I'm kind of like the... Um, I'm the, I'm, I'm the referee. I'm, I'm the person that's supposed to report to the director of national intelligence when that happens and, and recommend solutions. We did a very, very big report on that just uh, this past year. And uh, if you like, uh, you can just Google my last name. It's pretty unique, Z-U-L-A-U-F, and the word ombudsman, and it'll come up in, in January. You'll see uh, press reporting on it and an unclassified version of, of my report. Um, that's something that takes leadership to be able to see when something is wrong and to be able to uh, go into the leader and, you know, in my case, to the very top leader uh, 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 back in the fall and say, this is not right, this, 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 something's going wrong here, you need, you need, you need to fix it. 
So that that sort of uh, was was a great experience for me, including getting grilled by the Congress for about four hours over the content. The other thing I would mention, I mean, part, partly as a as a reward for that, uh, the current DNI, Avril Haines, H-A-I-N-E-S, um, she wanted to know what she could do for me, and I said, well, send me to school. So I'm going to Harvard for a year, starting in August. I'm going to be up there uh, learning about uh, intelligence and supports to policymaking. It's a, it's a great opportunity. Not as good as Wittenberg, but it's a pr- Harvard's a pretty good school. <laughs> Yeah, I would say, I would say that's great. Well, uh, best wishes as you venture up there. That sounds like an amazing opportunity and exciting work to get to be involved in. In addition to your to your work with the with the DNI, it's great. Yeah. Uh, so when I when, when people think about careers in public service, I think oftentimes they go straight to thinking about elected office, um, but you know, the majority of people working in public service are not elected individuals. So can, can you talk a little bit about how you would define a career in public service and what makes them maybe unique from other roles that students might be pursuing after graduation? Yeah, that's, that, that's a very good point, Heath. Um, there's only a few hundred members of Congress and there's only one, well, two, the president and the vice president, elected members, everybody else in the executive branch. And there's hundreds of thousands of us uh, aren't elected. Uh, we are either some of us politically appointed, and others are, like myself, uh, career members of the, of the civil service. This is really all I've done my whole, uh, my whole adult life. I'm in my 36th year of, of doing this. Um, so, you know, c- civilian service is an honorable profession. Uh, it, it's, it, it's, an, it's an option that has a lot going for it. Stability. As I said, I've been doing this for 36 years. My wife, uh, she did not go to Wittenberg, but uh, I, I don't hold that against her. Uh, she's a database engineer. She's done the same thing for that period of time for 36 years. But she's had, and I've actually lost count. She's had, I think at this point, 27 different employers. Companies rise, companies wow. fall, contracts start, contracts end. She's never been unemployed, but th- there's a lot of instability. I haven't had any of that. I've, 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 I've been stable uh, being able to you know, move from responsibility to responsibility, uh, but have financial stability, and uh, they're, they're, they're great. They're great retirement benefits, which that's the last thing that anyone at Wittenberg is thinking about now. But it, it's worth paying attention to that, that provides a tremendous amount of stability. There are many different options. Uh, you talked about elected service, but I'm talking about uh, getting a job in, in, as a civilian. Uh, you can work elsewhere in the federal government, uh, almost whatever your interest is, if it's agriculture or science and technology or, or, or business, there, there are federal jobs. And even in my line of work, uh, intelligence and security, there are federal jobs all throughout uh, you know, FBI, National Security Agency, CIA, uh, and also law enforcement, uh, federal, state, and local law enforcement all throughout the country uh, needs smart people. You know, public service is an honorable profession. It's something to look forward to. And oh, also military service. Um, Keith didn't mention this, but I'm a retired naval officer. Uh, I did that in addition to everything else. It's something else I encourage people to do. It's, it's, a, it's, a, great, uh, it's a great career. And uh, you know, in, in my case, I even got to, well, depends on who you ask. I got to go or I had to go to Afghanistan 
and I, I served in a, a, a combat tour there um, when I was 50 years old. So that's another way uh, to give back and, and serve the country. Yeah, no, that's, it's, it's, it seems like meaningful work at the end of the day. And you mentioned there's so many opportunities that it, if you want to ch make a career change in a professional company setting, you may have to switch companies, but in the federal government or in any type of public service role, there's so many opportunities. You may not have to, to even leave public service to switch a career path um, while you're there. So that's, that's great. Yeah. Um, I've, I, as, as a fed, I, I've been in a, I've been a defense economist. I've been a naval analyst. I worked in drug law enforcement. Um, I did a, a brief tour on Capitol Hill working for a member of Congress. Um, I've done uh, training in education. I've done uh, finance, uh, human capital. And then now recently, as Keith said, you know, the, the chief of solutions. And it, it's all different roles, but the, but the same uh, the same company, essentially. Yeah. So, so you talk about these, this long career in, in public service um, and many different roles that you've held. I'm wondering if you could share a little bit about how did you get your start? How did you get uh, plugged into the intelligence community or your start in public service after leaving Wittenberg? Well, I owe it all to Wittenberg, I, I have to say. I mean, I came, I came from a very rural, very poor, very um, economically disadvantaged background. And I, I, came, I came to Wittenberg thanks uh, thanks to the Lutheran Church, uh, and I, I thought I was going to be a pastor. That was that was my role model. You, you, you were either where I came from, you were a farmer, uh, or a pastor. That's that's basically it. And while I was at Wittenberg, uh, one of the professors who since retired, uh, Jerry Hudson, uh, took me under his wing, and he convinced me, "Hey, do you know what? You really ought to take some Russian language. You really ought to take some courses about the Soviet Union. You ought to do some foreign policy stuff." And before I knew it, I was a senior graduating with a degree in political science and, and Soviet affairs, not religion, right? Um, and he convinced me to go to graduate school. Turned out it was where he went to graduate school in Indiana University. Um, and I thought, well, all right, fine. I'm going to go be a professor. But while I was there, I got recruited. Um, you know, came, you know, did papers uh, at conferences. I got noticed. Uh, and then uh, people reached out to me. It's like the movies. It used to happen that way. I don't know if it happens anymore. I would like you to apply for a job. Here, go to this address, you know, written on the back of an envelope and apply for this job. That was 1981, long time ago. Uh, but so, so I, I went to Wittenberg. Wittenberg pushed me in that direction. And as I said, I mean, ever, ever since, well, Wittenberg and then graduate school. That took a few more years. But my, my entire working professional life uh, started from there uh, with, with the beginnings in the intelligence community a million years ago. Thank you for sharing that. Uh, so I want to, I want to pivot a little bit. Uh, sometimes I think when students are thinking about careers at any former level of government, I think they may have received, whether it be from someone telling them certain things or maybe maybe a, a close friend or something, that they, they get sort of an unfair or bad picture of careers in public service or, or, or at any level of the government. So I'm wondering, um, you know, what are some of the reasons that you love what you do? You already mentioned some, but I wonder if you could share a little bit more deeper about that. And, and what's your pitch to any student who kind of might be on the fence about pursuing a, a career in public service, but maybe has heard some uh, maybe negative reputations from it, from other people, um, you know, in their, in their time. 
Well, one of the things that you, you hear a lot uh, is the deep state, quote, deep state, close quote, as, as if that's a bad thing. You know, the notion that there's some um, conspiracy of people who um, are federal employees and they conspire to thwart the will of the American people or they work against the president or the elected leaders. Um, that's just not true. I mean, there, there's, there's no such thing. Uh, but what, what, it, what attracted me to the government, and I suppose since I, I said all I've ever been is a, is a federal employee, I mean, I am the deep state. And I, I don't think I'm particularly nefarious. I don't think I'm part of a conspiracy. What, what, what attracts most is the notion about mission, uh, being able to serve the country, you know, protect the flag that I love, and being able to know on any given day that I'm doing the right thing. I've, I've got three children. They're all in their 20s now. But our, when they were small, occasionally they would ask me, Daddy, are, are you a good guy or a bad guy? And I was able to tell them truthfully, hey, I'm a good guy. I'm, I'm on the side of you know, truth, justice, and the American way. That's what makes me go into the office uh, every day, but to, to, be, to be able to pursue the mission and you know, support the country that I love. Um, any organization, whether it's the government or um, a company or uh, some, any kind of institution, has bad people, has lazy people, right? Uh, th there are some. They're, they're there in any organization. But I, I will tell you, the, pe the people that I work with, uh, particularly here uh, in, in intelligence and security, are very dedicated individuals, you know, high integrity. Uh, we, we're here because we want to contribute. We want to help the country make it a better place. Um, I'll say this to my uh, fellow uh, tigers who are in finance or business administration. Um, you'll probably, you could make more money than me over the arc of your careers, depending, depending on what you do. I have people come to me from companies trying to buy me, you know, all, offer at diverse points in my career saying, we'll give you three or four times your salary, come and come and work for us. And it just doesn't appeal to me because, oh, I, I might make more money, but what do you want me to do? You want, you want me to sell paper for Dunder Mifflin? I, I'm, I'm not, I'm not going to do that. that. That's not what would make me get up every day and go to work. And I'm, I'm well past retirement age. Uh, I, could, I could walk out the door uh, if, I, if, I get, if I get fed up at the end of this phone call. I'll just not go back in the office, and, and, and I'm, I'm, I'm fine with it. But I don't want to do that. I want to, I want to continue to serve. Those are the, that's the kind of people that you'll work with if you come into a public service, people that are motivated, people that are dedicated. If that appeals to you, then I encourage you to do uh, public service. Perfect. And I think, you know, it's helpful to hear that from someone working in public service, right? I think we hear all these things from other people, but it's helpful to hear the experience of someone who's, who's actually working working in the field and in, in, in public service in a day-to-day -day life. I'm wondering for those students who are interested in going into careers in government or public service, um, you know, sometimes application requirements are, are much different than, um, th than maybe what you might see on a typical job description for a company, you know, maybe different grades, civilian, military, et cetera. Like it, it can take a little bit more work to dive into what it means exactly. I'm wondering what's your advice for students on how to kind of get started exploring these different careers and, and where to go to kind of get some information about how to, you know, kind of navigate, you know, applications and, and stuff like that. 
Um, let, me, let me say a couple things about that. One is the what I call the front door to, to, to federal service, at least, uh, is a website, uh, USA Jobs, U-S-A-J-O-B-S. Uh, it's run by the Office of Personnel Management, OPM. You can also get there if you go to opm.gov. Uh, you go there, it's a, it's a website, and it has a ton of information describing uh, federal, federal service, uh, what the uh, ver various requirements are. Uh, you can build a uh, resume online. If you, if you have one you've already written, and I think Career Services makes you do this, you can just like, I think it, the term is scrape the content off and put it in, into, the, into the format there. And once you've done that, you can just basically click and it sends uh, your resume as part of the application process. What you'll find listed there are all the job series. That's what they're called, job series. And everything has a number. Like an intelligence analyst, for example, is GS, that's general schedule, GS-132. That means an intelligence analyst. So you'll find on that USA jobs, all of the job listings that are open all across the federal government. And there'll be detailed explanations in each one of those listings for what the job is, where it is, what the requirements are. Um, usually for most federal jobs, or at least the ones that you would want anyway, you have to have uh, a degree, an undergraduate degree, sometimes something beyond that. It spells out the other sort of academic requirements as well. Um, you won't easily find there, but I'll, I'll tell you something about it. Uh, the sort of security requirements that you'd face going into law enforcement and national security. Uh, and also, um, by the way, more and more companies are doing this also. They, they don't have to by law, but, but they're choosing to do this. Uh, employers are looking for um, clean criminal records. They're looking for clean financial records, meaning um, you know, no egregious debt. You, know, you don't carry $50,000 on your credit card, something like that. Uh, they are also looking increasingly more at social media. So I would, right after this phone call, if I were you, I would go look on LinkedIn if you have it or Facebook or whatever the case may be. And you know what I'm talking about. If you have pictures of you with solo cups, um, get rid of them <laughs> as soon as possible to, 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 be, to be able to provide a good image. Um, drug use also, stop. Um, and there might be private companies that let you use drugs, uh, fewer and fewer and fewer of those. It's just a bar to any kind of uh, decent professional employment. Um, so that's that, that's that guidance. Oh, you also asked about a different grade structure. What you'll see uh, is at GS levels, it starts with a, a grade level for someone who has a bachelor's degree probably a GS-7 or a GS-9 maybe on, on the scale. That's a, um, I think that's like $70,000 a year, something like that, something, something in that range. I don't know exactly that. Uh, USA Jobs will, will spell that out. And then the schedule goes all the way up to GS-15, which is about 160 or 170,000, something like that. So that's the equivalent in the military service of the GS-7 would be an ensign or uh, a first lieutenant in the, in, in the army uh, up to the GS-15. That's like a colonel in the army or um, uh, a captain in the Navy. And then beyond that, you know, where, where I am now, uh, there's a senior executive service, 
SES. And, and that's, that's where I am. I, I'm, I'm the equivalent of an admiral or, 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 a, or, a, or a general. Uh, I, get, I get well paid. I mean, not what a CEO of a venture capital company makes, but I get very, I get very well paid. So that's, that's sort of a ladder you want to look for. The other resource um, I would point you to, and maybe Heath and his folks can give you contact information, is the alumni network. Uh, there is an alumni chapter, a Wittenberg alumni chapter here in Washington, D.C. Some of us are feds. Some of us are in private industry. Uh, if you look on the alumni page on the, on the website, you, you can find that contact information. And there's also, I'm forgetting the name right now, maybe Heath knows, there's a, there's a career services network where you can reach out to people uh, to ask for contacts and advice. And uh, you, you can find me there as well. So I, I encourage you know, reaching out to Wittenberg alumni. Um, I don't know if you noticed, I have, I have my, my Wittenberg pin. Uh, I wear that around, everybody sees that. Uh, I still wear uh, my Wittenberg ring and that, that does get noticed. Um, Wittenberg's a small school, but we're, we're all around. Um, last thing I will tell you, um, the deputy director here, not, not Everell Haynes, the director, but the deputy director, I was wearing this pin and I went in to brief him the other day and he looked at that and he said, W, is that Wittenberg? Yes, Wittenberg wow. University, Springfield, wow. Ohio. Yes, turns out he was a freshman uh, when I was a senior. We, we didn't know each other then, um, but wow. that created a very solid relationship. We spent 20 minutes talking about the ghost in Myers Hollow and, um, we're, we're, and that, that, really, that really helps and he, he, can't, he can't do enough for me now. That's a long wow. answer, but um, I hope no, that No, I love the story. It's great. Um, I will always wear my Wittenberg stuff when I go through the airport because you, you always get stopped. It's every trip. <laughs> uh, so thinking more, a little bit more about the job description in particular and the, some of the skills that, that typically are being asked for in public service. You know, in the past, you and I have had conversations when we were in D.C. with the cable students before about the importance of soft skills and leadership skills for, for those working in public service or for any type of government role. And, and in fact, part of your work with the International Intelligence Associ or Association or International Association for Intelligence Education addresses, you know, a gap you recognized in these skills. Um, and so I'm wondering if you could speak to what students should be thinking about now as it relates to, to skill development and leadership experience in order to best prepare for, for a career in public service or, or in the government. Well, the first thing I think this is what you're alluding to. It might sound um, obvious to you, but the ability to read, speak, and write clear English. Uh, I've, I've been teaching for for um, almost 40 years, and I've been a, I've been supervising analysts uh, for for 30 years, and I have seen in those situations a decline in the ability of Americans to read, speak, and write English. I don't know why that is. Um, one possible explanation is that I'm the older I get, I get crankier. I, I don't think that's right. I, I, I think that most schools don't teach it well. Wittenberg does, or at least, or at least it did. Uh, the, the emphasis in clear writing, logical argumentation, being able to speak in public. And uh, the people that I see who, who, uh, who are hire, who work for me, who are in the classroom, who can do that, uh, usually end up standing head and shoulders above everybody else regardless of what technical training you have. You can be the world's greatest expert on, I don't know, uh, North Korean narrow gauge railroads or something, but if you can't communicate it, what you know is worthless. 
So I encourage you to write, 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 write. And, and especially if you are a little nervous about speaking in public, make yourself do it. Go join Toastmasters or something like that. Speak in public. Uh, you know, maybe career services can, can help you out, help you point to some places to do that. Um, I would, I went through, it, you, you might've gathered from the biography. I went straight through from a bachelor's to my PhD. Uh, I think that was a mistake on my part. If I had it to do over again, I would have stepped out at one step point in the process, either after a bachelor's or after the master's and spend some time in the real world. Um, I've, I, I got caught up, but by the time I finished with all that education, uh, I still had a little bit of sort of like airy Ivy Tower theoretical academic thinking that had to get beaten out of me. So spend a little time in the real world if you can. You know, work in a business if you can, and and that will that will just help make you make you more rounded. Um, wherever you are in your academic career, if you're if you still got time left at Wittenberg, or if you're contemplating graduate school, uh, there's two areas I would encourage you to look into. Um, one of them may be a flash in the pan, but this is very, very important right now, and that's data science and data analytics. There are plenty of people, at least in my line of work, who are, like me, historians, international relations people, and there's still work for us to do. But because of the speed of data and the availability of data and information and the sheer volume of it, we need more people who can do data analytics, dealing with huge amounts of information things that I'm, I'm just not trained to do. I, I can't do it. I don't have the skills. Um, I know that Wittenberg has some programs that can help with this, and even a little bit helps. That'll really give you a leg up uh, to, um, to get into my line of work. Uh, uh, the other one has to do with language and area studies. Learn a foreign language. It almost doesn't matter which one you do, uh, because if, if, if you learn one, then others can come more easily. Obviously, um, you know, Chinese, Russian, Arabic, those are the, those are the, those are the key uh, ones, at least now, to get into. And travel abroad. I know Wittenberg has those opportunities. Take advantage of them. Go to Russia. Go to, um, I don't know, where, where, where can you go these days that's safe? Um, not Syria, not Lebanon. Um, some, some, uh, Morocco, maybe, right? Some place, someplace in the Arab world. So you can have, have some experience that'll, that'll make you much more sellable. Then the, the last thing I mentioned it before is consider military service. Even if that's not what you want to do, if you don't want to do a career, I did, I did a full career and, and I retired. Uh, that has its benefits as well. But having the experience of that kind of public service in uniform abroad uh, makes you, I think, a better person. And um, if you are, here's a, here's a hidden secret. If, if you are a military veteran and you're sitting in a interview with a panel and the hiring official is a military veteran, I can promise you that that hiring panel will think much more highly of you just for having done that. Um, I think that's, that, that's, that's a lot to digest, but those, yeah. those are the suggestions. Oh, that's great. Uh, thinking about leadership in general. I'm wondering if you can share, you know, in the, in the few minutes we have left here, what do you think leadership or what does leadership look like to you? And how do, how do students begin to start to kind of 
developing some muscle there or, or, or getting some experience and, and, and just leadership in general. I mean, what, what does that look like to you? Yeah. Well, there's a difference, as you know, he's between management and leadership. Um, management can be taught. Uh, and I, I do, I do that in, in some of the courses you can teach people how to, uh, look at the financial resources, how to look at even human capital as a resource, you know, manage, manage things, right? Leadership is about people. It's about inspiring people, giving them a direction to go. It might, it might not be the right direction necessarily, uh, but at least pointing somewhere where people can direct their efforts, giving them an idea of, of some strategic goals. Um, I don't know that leadership can be taught. Uh, it has to be practiced. You know, put people into situations where they can practice leadership. I used to think that there are born leaders and others who have no capability of leading themselves out of a paper bag. There may be, there may be some people who can't lead at all. And there are some people, I, I know several, I'm not one of them, but I know several who are clearly born leaders that, that, that you would be willing to follow into hell. Um, but you can practice leadership capability. And, and, and what do you do? Um, some simple, simple things. Talk to people face-to-face -face as human beings. Treat them decently at whatever level they are. If they're at your level, which is easy enough to do. If there are people above you, which that's what most people think. I'm going to be nice to the people above you. But perhaps more importantly, to the people below you, because you never know when they're going to be your equal or, or, or your superior. Speak to people with decency and be good to your word. If you, if you say you're going to do something and you don't, people will remember that forever. And whatever bank of leadership capital that you have will slowly be deprecated as, as a result of that. And leadership is doing the right thing, even when that means, and perhaps especially when that means telling the boss, your boss, something that he or she doesn't want to hear. That's really, that's really the, the, the purpose of a leader. And to be able to do that, to protect the folks that are working for you, let the boss know, or the boss is, whatever the case may be, if something's not right, if something needs to be fixed, there's, it's, it's comfortable to be a yes man and say, oh, yeah, boss, that's a great idea. Um, you'll pay for it. You know, speaking up and having the moral courage to be able to do that, that's a, that, that, that's a big part of leadership. And lastly, recognizing all the people around you, all the skills and powers, superpowers that they have, get obstacles out of their way and, and let them do their thing. How's that? No, that's great. No, that's perfect. Uh, well, Dr. Dr. Zuloff, I, I think that's all the time we have for today. We really appreciate your 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 advice and all the insights that you provided into to leadership and careers in public service and how to get started. I think this is going to be really helpful for students who are, you know, thinking of thinking of pursuing uh, careers in that space and and even those who might not recognize uh, an interest in public service yet. Uh, I think this would this yeah. is a helpful conversation for them as well. Are there any last thoughts you'd like to share with the, those tuning in? Um, two. Uh, one is, you may not know it, but you're in the best four years of your, or, or five, in some cases, years of your lives. Uh, Wittenberg was the best time of my life. And you'll look back on it uh, the, re the rest of your life. And the other is, I'm planning to be there for homecoming in the fall. So if any of you are there in the fall uh, you, and, and you want to talk to me, happy to do it anytime. He can hook us up. 
Oh, perfect. Well, I hope to see you when you're back on uh, campus in the fall and uh, to, to, to re get reconnected, especially not having had homecoming in person for two years now. This will be a, I know. it's going to be kind yeah. of a, it's going to be a great celebration when, when we're all back in, in October. So, well, thank you so much for spending time with us today. Uh, I enjoyed this conversation and I think it's going to be really helpful for students. Uh, we appreciate uh, you, you, you giving of your, your time out of your busy schedule and we're looking forward to having you on the alumni board. So uh, we'll see you back on campus next time. Great. Thanks.